Welcome to the QAV podcast. My name is Cameron. This is a weekly investing podcast where I chat with my friend Tony. Tony's a very successful investor. He's been doing it for about 30 years. His returns on average are about double the market over that period of time. And he's able to get those returns because he developed a system of value investing that we call QAV, quality at value. How do you find good quality companies and how do you buy them at a discount to their intrinsic value? It's basically a scoring system. We look at the fundamentals of the companies and that's what we teach our club members. Uh, In terms of the podcast, we have a free episode each week, goes for about half an hour. That's what you're listening to now. We have a longer episode, usually goes for an hour to an hour and a half. And I'll tell you more about that at the end of the episode. Anyway, let's get into this week's show. All right. Welcome back to the QAV. Happy share market, Tony. Happy ASX, Cam. And Merry Christmas, too. It's coming up. Merry Christmas to you, too. It's uh, it's it's a Merry Christmas for the All Ordinaries, Tony. Mm. I had a look just before we went to air. It's almost back at its all-time high. I think we're about 1.5% off the all-time high, which... Having a quick look through my little chart on Yahoo Finance is about, I reckon, the end of August 2021, it hit 7826. It's currently at 7701 today, which is about about 1.5% below 7826. So that's been a fun two and a half years. Well, we had a couple of good years and then we've had a couple of sideways years. So it's it's been the usual ride on the ASX, but it'd be a good Christmas present if we got back to the uh, the all-time high. Yeah. Can yeah. We, my notes are like, can we move on now? Are we done with that whole period? Is that phase over? <laughs> well, I think the, the market thinks you can because I noticed that uh, both STW and um, AFI, the two sort of big market indexes, ETFs and LICs, have both crossed over into byline territory. So right. uh, the trend is telling us that the, uh, yeah, it could be a happy Christmas and a good 2024, but we'll see. We'll see. Uh, let me do, talk about our portfolios while I'm on the subject of things uh, in the market, etc. I did a weekly report today for the Stock Doctor Dummy report. It's doing a little bit better than double market since inception. I think we're up. Seven, just a little bit under seventeen percent per annum over the last whatever it is four and a bit years, um, versus uh, what that say eight uh, for the STW eight point two five. Well, that's pretty bloody good. Seventeen uh, percent per annum for the last four years. Let's just that take is a, pretty bloody good. Take a moment and reflect on that. It's pretty good. Yeah, I mean, and you know, I run it. I've run it for what. I guess the last three years. I don't think you've had much involvement in the decisions no. for the last three years. And I know nothing about investing. So <laughs> yeah. if I can, <laughs> well, I didn't five years ago. Yeah. So if, if little dummy me can learn how to run this thing and get double market consistently over the last uh, four and a half, five years, I mean, that's, I mean, I, I, I take it for granted now that it's doing yeah, that well. Right. Like it's not like it's not even a thing. It's like, yeah, it's still about double market, boring, you know, you know. But it is like it's really insane. It's mm. the the it's 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 all the system. 
Uh, for the financial year, we're doing 1.6 times better than the STW. We were up as much as three times last week, but we've slipped a little bit this week. Um, and for the 30 days, we're slightly below. We're up about 4.5%, though, per annum for the last 30 days. STW is up about 55 But one thing I wanted to point out, we've talked about this a bit over the last couple of years, uh, the, the breakdown in our portfolio performance between capital gain and income return. Mm-hmm. Yep. For for a long time there, income was driving most of it. In fact, if I look at the all-time stats, capital gain is worth about 7.5% of that 17. Uh, income returns about 10, 10.5%. Right. Per annum. But if I look at the financial year, capital gains 55 income returns 38 so capital gain has been the major driver in our return so far in the last six months. Yeah, dividends tend to mean uh, are more meaningful over time. So, you know, you buy a stock and it's yielding 4 or 5%, that's fine in the first year. But if you keep it for a couple of years and, it, you know, if it's doubled in value in four years' time, the dividend yield's doubled in value as well. So you're kind of getting a guaranteed 10% straight away. Or yeah, right, or whatever. Okay. Yeah. In the last 30 days, our big performers have been DUR up 25% in the last 30 days per annum. Mm. Uh, MTO up f- just you know, just slightly under 15% per annum. SUL up 12.7. FPR up 12.32. Oh, got something to say about FPR. So Alex F, Alex Franklin pinged me. And said he noticed that FPR was on this list as as being one of the strong performers, but wasn't on the buy list, and he didn't know why. And I tried to figure out why. I went back. I, I looked at uh, my download. wasn't in my download this week. wasn't in Alex Connison's download. And I was trying to figure out why. I went back through a couple of downloads, and it wasn't showing up. I went to Stock Doctor and started going through the numbers, and they reported on the 13th of November, and they reported negative net operating cash flow. Yeah, right. I can see that from the September numbers. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So I've got, I actually went to their report, their annual report, in case it was a Stock Doctor mistake, which Mm -hmm. wouldn't be the first time. But no, this is legit. Operating cash flow. Customer receipts eight hundred and fifteen million for FY twenty three. Payment to suppliers and employees four hundred and thirteen million. Income tax paid ten point eight. Net interest paid fifty one point eight. But then they've got uh, purchase of operating and finance lease vehicles six hundred and eleven point three million. Proceeds from sale of operating lease vehicles two hundred and fifteen point one. Leaves them with net operating cash flow. Of fifty six point eight, so good business, doing well, but it's one. It's the nature of their business, right? They're out there, yeah, buying a lot of vehicles, and it puts them in a negative. So it doesn't even show up in our download because what our filter is, you have to have operating cash flow greater than zero. So it's one of the few filters that we have that actually does filter out companies because uh, most of them, most of our filters say any, 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 any. But net operating cash flow is one that we actually want them to have positive. Yeah, and it's it's been something which I've noticed in the past that, that when something goes from a string of positive cash flow halves to a negative one, it can be a leading indicator for a downturn. Um, I haven't done the research on that, but it's it's kind of on the list. 
But um, it may not be the case for fleet partners because, as you say, if they've decided to bulk up and buy all the cars that are going to be leased out, then it might be a short-term occurrence. Mm. Mm. Anyway, uh, just if people are just, like just Alex on wondering that too, why Cam, FBR wasn't on the list, that's why. Yeah, thanks. Just on that too, I, I spoke last week about um, whether you're better off buying all three listed fleet uh, management companies. Um Fleet Partners and uh, SIQ Smart Group and MMS Macmillan Shakespeare, and that was on the basis of Macmillan using losing a contract and SIQ picking it up. Um, yeah, so for this year it would have worked out well. It would have beaten the index. Um, but over five years it was underperforming the index. And um, I did a couple of other periods in between, and it still looks like you're better off buying the best one out of the three at the time. So Fleet Partners has been that for us. It's been on the buy list all year and it's outperformed this year compared to its two cohort. Well, there you go. There you mm. go. Well, that's a good bit of analysis. Thank you. Just staying on the reports, a couple of things I want to mention. I, I have mentioned on here over the last couple of months that I've been working on a Stockopedia version of the checklist and testing that out both with an Australian dummy portfolio built purely from Stockopedia and a US dummy portfolio. And I thought starting this week, I'll report on how those are going. And I, over Christmas, one of my plans is to sort of clean up the Stockopedia version of the checklist so I can share it with people because I've had some people reach out and um, express interest in having a look at that. There's a lot of metrics that we use in our regular checklist that we can't get out of Stockopedia because they don't track things like owner founder or PE history, things right. like that, at least not in a way that's easy to get access to. But um, just by the by, the AU dummy portfolio that I've built using Stockopedia is performing about the same over the last 30 days as the Stock Doctor one. It's up about a little bit more than 4% versus 5 point something for the uh, STW. So it's doing about the same. Um, and the US one, I have a mea culpa. I did send out my report this morning and said it was killing it. It was like four times as good. And, oh God, how many times do I have to do this mea culpa? When something looks better than it should be, <laughs> you would think that would be part of my brain. Like in every other aspect of mm. life. If it's a political thing, I'm yeah. a skeptic. I'm like, oh, hold on a cotton picking minute. That can't possibly be right. Yeah. But this, no, nah, my red alarm didn't go off. I went, oh, God, yeah, that's legendary. Because I did know that some of the stocks have been doing really well. Right. Um, but then <laughs> getting ready to do the show, I was drilling down on those stocks so I could talk about one of them. Uh, I would talk about them and why they were doing so well. One of them, WLFC, Willis lease finance i believe their catchphrase is what you're talking about willis um <laughs> i had screwed up the buy price when i was uh putting the transaction into uh stockopedia put it in at a quarter of what it really was <laughs> so that uh blew those gains away when i adjusted it but some are up really well like a amc networks is up 24 percent since i bought it le lands end is up 26%. Gas, Stealth Gas, G-A-S-S, -S, is up 34%. Um, 
pretty sure I didn't screw that one up, but maybe I should look at that too. <laughs> <laughs> Lens, Lens well End, is that the uh, direct marketing clothing company? Do you know? Uh, uh, yes. You know? Yes, it is. No, that's fine. I used to sell Lands End clothing in Australia through my direct. What? Yeah. Whenever that was wow. 20 years ago. Yeah. Uh, I, th- I thought you meant like you were like going door to door. Hello. No, 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 no. Would no, you no, like no. to buy some Lands End clothing? No, it was one of the brands that my direct uh, retailed in Australia. We had a deal with Lands End in the US. Oh, in fact, I think it go. was the UK from, from memory, but anyway. Um, uh, the gas AMC- the gas buy price is right. I, I just double checked it by the way, so that's okay. all good. <laughs> AMC yeah, isn't it? Wasn't that one of the game stock to the moon? It was. Yeah, it was. So it's come yeah. good, has it? Anyway, well, I mean, it's not up, you know, a thousand percent like they thought it was going to be <laughs> or whatever. But it's it's you know it's doing okay from when I bought it. Um, yeah, I bought that at uh, what. Fifteen dollars and what is it now? $19.37. Wow. So, yeah, it's had a little bit of a spike. Anyway, so I'll keep reporting those each week. And, you know, where just to let people know where my head's at with all of this stuff is because we're missing a lot of data points and we don't have the tools yet to sort of do large-scale regression testing with historical data to see whether or not these uh, data points are going to be long-term important or not, or how important. I'm sure they are important, but how important. Uh, So I'm just sucking this and seeing it for a while, testing it out, running it, seeing how things seem to perform. Um, So far, so good, but it's only been a month or two, so um, we need obviously more time than that. Okay, so I'm looking. I've got the two buy lists, uh, two, sorry, portfolio side-by-side. Looking for commonalities. Um, ASG is on both. FPR is on both. LAU is on both. MTO is on both. Now, obviously, these were started at different times, you know. So the the, the Stockopedia one's far more recent. TRS, the reject shop, is on both. And VVA, Viva Leisure. But. I'll just I'll, I'll run through the you uh, sorry the the Stockopedia one so you, you can see the the stocks that are on here ABG Abacus Group mm-hmm. ALD Ampol it's just off um, our buy list from memory or it was anyway at the bottom yeah it just came on I I think I did one late like I think I put it in the light portfolio okay. too late last right. week I saw it turn up when I did one Thursday afternoon this is Stockopedia oh, sorry a Stock Doctor uh, buy list for light. ASG, ERD, E-Road, uh, Fleet mm-hmm. Partners, JYC, Joyce, Lindsay, mm-hmm. McMahon, MAH, MTO, NAB, NZM, OML. See, I feel like I'm reading the alphabet here. TRS, <laughs> SSM, Service Stream, SKT, Sky Network, SXE, Southern Cross Electrical, Viva Leisure, and Visan, VYS. So they're think- all... I think NAB's the only one that's either not on our buy list or close to our buy list. And I think I added that to light last week too. I think that turned oh, up late okay. last week on uh, my – let me just check that. I think I think I did find that turn up when I did a buy list on Thursday. So they're fairly similar. 
Oh, no, it wasn't NAB. I didn't add it NAB. What was the big? There was a really big one that I added. Yeah, I added ANZ a couple of weeks ago, so it could have been ANZ on the Stock Doctor buy list. I do have ANZ in a couple. Um, oh, Blue Scope Steel, it might have been. When did I add that? No, no, no. Blue Scope's been on our buy list, but I think it's been a commodity sell for a while with steel. Uh, really? Steel, a commodity sell? Oh, I thought so. Well, it was one that was on the buy list because I couldn't buy it. No, this is the one that I added um, last week. It was BSL. It was the... How I could have missed that? Steel's a buy on our uh, commodity okay. sheet, TK. Oh, I'm going back a month or so, so maybe it's uh, it's just become a buy. He just... Uh, well, or maybe Blue Scope was yeah. a three point. no. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. I, last, last well, time I looked at trying to add Blue Scope Steel, I couldn't do it for some reason. Well, you know what I can do, Tony? Um, I can look at the commodity history tab that I yeah, just right. built, and I can tell you now exactly when Steel became a buy. It became a buy, oh, quite a while ago. Um, 30th of October, it became a buy. Yeah, okay. Well, that's a couple of months ago. It's probably when I was looking at Blue Scope Steel then. It was a Josephine for three, no, four reporting periods before that. Then it was a buy in September, Josephine buy. Last time it was a sell was uh, late August. Okay. But it has been a Josephine for a few reporting periods, a few weeks, sorry, I mean there. Oh, my God, this is so cool. <laughs> Commodity status history. I knew I was going to need that at some point. God, I, I impress myself sometimes, I tell you, Tony. Oh, that's, that's a, always a great way to be, to impress yourself. Um well, well, you keep impressing yourself. I'm just going to take step away from the microphone for a minute and turn some fridges off, which I can hear whirring in the background, which may impede the quality. Hang on. Oh, quietly go and impress myself while you do that. Yeah. Just kidding, folks. I don't impress myself. I'm, I'm being facetious. I'm never impressed with myself. I'm struggling just to keep up and be half as smart as most people. I was at Kung Fu the other day and my seafood walked past and said, you got it? And I said, I've never got it. You know, I've never got it. I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> I don't know. I saw you on Making... the Facebook group listed as Kung Fu expert. Yeah, which I thought Facebook had worked out, uh, but then it turns out I must have done that myself at some point. <laughs> <laughs> really? I think, it, well, it, it, it gives you suggestions about what you can be an expert in. And I think I was like, sure, that'd be fine. How would Facebook even know you did Kung Fu? I don't know. I think it, you, you put in your interests, oh, what are your hobbies, you mm. know, that kind of stuff. I think I put that in. Hello, Alex. Hi, Al. I just wanted to say that we found out recently that Alex graduated with her Master of Fine Arts and she's on the Dean's List, which means she did really, really well. Yeah, I still haven't figured out what it means exactly, <laughs> considering I did not attend my graduation. <laughs> um, Why not? Oh, I don't know. It's a lot of effort. I, and I, um, it's like six months out from me actually finishing my degree and a whole year after I did my grad show, so I didn't feel the particular need to go to Marble Stadium and spend a couple hundred dollars renting a gown and a cap for a day. Yeah, fair enough. Minus okay. um, extra ticket costs. But I, knew I, I knew I liked you, Alex. That's exactly <laughs> yeah. how, how I feel about things. I didn't, I didn't go to my high school prom. I was like, really? Why would I want to do that? I'm going to have to well, deal with my girlfriend. I was prom queen, so what can I say? Wow. Opposite in that respect. Prom queen. Wow. Oh, I bowed yeah. down. We're not worthy. Wow. 
Thank you. <laughs> do we have photos? Do we have photos and everything? That? Do I have a photo of that somewhere? Have you ever sent me a photo? Oh, yeah, I will send I've, I've got photos, yeah. I should say photos. I wasn't like some extremely popular person in high school. I just was in a steady relationship, so everyone decided to vote for us too was the easiest, least um, <laughs> controversial pick for prom queen and king. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah, so you were the compromise candidate. It's always a good place to be in politics. <laughs> a safe bet, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, do you have yeah. a question for us? Anyway, so oh. I, I seem to remember from high school and university in Toronto, Dean's List was the top 10%, I think, of graduates, wasn't That's it? That's what it was when I was in high school. Um, some people have said mm. it's the top 1%. I doubt that. Some people say it's the top student from the graduating class, um, which could be true. I don't know. Uh, but I'm happy about it. So that's all. Wonder that how RMIT. Wonder how RMIT feels when they call out who the top student was, and she said, "I can't be buggered buying a gown for two hundred bucks." And I hope and that she- they have some serious reflection. Is what I hope they have. And, and she doesn't even know what it means or care very much by the sounds of it. Yeah. She's like, yes, yeah, so. Well, that's because you didn't turn up. Probably would find out what it means if you turned up. Yeah, if they they stood up and said, and everyone, welcome Alex Kynaston to the stage. And they're like, Alex. (laughs) You're right. Next time I'll send a a proxy or something. So at least someone's there to. Like Marlon Brando's (laughs) sending uh, Little Feather to the Oscars. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. I watched that recently. It's great. Make a speech saying, uh, you know, protesting something, racism. Yeah. And she wasn't even Native American, yeah, right? right? She was a fake Native American who got up and protested uh, racism and the treatment of Native Americans. Was she? And so next year they had a, a Indian Actress Award, <laughs> the best best before best performance by a non-Indigenous person. Yeah, <laughs> I think that's the story. Don't hold me to that. All right, <laughs> you got a question for us this week, okay? Yes, I was reading through. Dave's question, and I decided to leave that to you too. <laughs> so I'm going to read Jim's. Okay. Right. Um, so Jim says, hi, Cameron, I hope you are well. Can I request a pulled pork on two interesting companies currently on the buy list, which are ERD, E-Road Limited, and CXO, Core Lithium Limited? Not sure if multiple qu- requests are good form. Um, would also love to hear Tony's thoughts on the potential Woodside and Santos merger. In closing, thank you both for creating a wonderful platform, and I know it is early, but Merry Christmas to and yours. Cheers, Jim. Thank you, Jim. Uh, well, I've got two pulled porks ready to go on those companies. Would Would you believe I spent like three hours doing pulled porks and I haven't looked at the Woodside Santos merger, so I can't answer that question. Okay, so just pulled porks then. <laughs> just pulled pork. Sorry about that, Jim. I can hold it over until the new year and do it then. Will it be relevant then? Probably. Yeah, well, I don't think the merger's going ahead just yet, so it should still be okay. relevant by then. So this this was requested by Jim. It's a pulled pork first. There's two pulled porks, first of all on Core Lithium and then on E-Roads. Actually, folks, Cameron in the editing booth here, Tony recorded three pulled porks today. It seems like a little bit overkill to put them all in the one episode, particularly when I've got to do a couple of episodes without him over the next couple of weeks. We'll do uh, Core Lithium today, and then I'll save the others for the next couple of weeks so you have something to listen to over Christmas. Um, And I have to say, uh, they may have been on the buy list recently, but they're both just off the buy list at the moment. So... Bear that in mind if people are listening to this, they should do their own research. 
starting with core lithium, which is a Northern Territory lithium explorer and now miner. They've, they've started to um, export mine into China. Uh, their their biggest, well, their, their big project, which is just uh, getting into operational status now, is the Finnis Lithium Project, which is just south of Darwin, about 88 kilometres south of Darwin. So that's a that's a bonus for them because they're not running an hour outside of the port of Darwin, which is where they need to export their stuff. So that'll be a cost saving for them rather than being in the middle of the you know Western Australian desert or something and having to build a rail link to the port. So that's good. Um, they have already signed off-take agreements with two large Chinese lithium companies, Sichuan Yahua and Gang Feng, Gang Feng Lithium, both of which I've never heard of. But um, it's always good for a miner to have an off-take agreement, so it's guaranteed sales. Uh, they're also growing because they are progressing a second tenement area known as BP33, which may end up being bigger than Finnis. And that's not too far away from having a go-no-go decision on developing a mine. So it, they should they should grow if that goes through, or they will grow if that goes through. And they're going to grow anyway because they're going to, this year, uh, the latest figures doesn't, don't have much in the way of sales. So um, as they ramp up the mining at their current tenement, their sales will increase as well. A couple of things about Core Lithium. Um, they're they're a small company. They've adopted an interesting style of mining. So they they talk about having a lot of little mines in close proximity to each other rather than one big mine. Um, that may or may not work out, but it's a little bit different to how we normally expect a mine to look. Um, they famously turned down an offtake agreement early on with Tesla. So Elon Musk came knocking. Uh, before these Chinese offtake agreements were secured, uh, and they talked for a long time, the market went crazy on the fact that you know Tesla were interested in a small Australian company which didn't even have a, a mine operation. I don't think at that stage, or was in the stages of doing that. Um, but they couldn't come to an agreement, uh, and I think Tesla's had a bit of history of going into startup mines to to do deals at low prices, and so. It didn't come to an agreement. Um, when that didn't happen, the share price went down because there is a bit of a, um, a premium if you can get a, a big customer like Tesla uh, on the books or the ESG investors tend to look at you even more so, although they, they look at all lithium companies. A um, couple of other things about this one. It's the most heavy, or one of the most heavily shorted stocks on the ASX and it currently has 12% of its shares shorted. Um, the price for this company has dropped dramatically since August 2022, which was its high point. It's down from a dollar forty to thirty-one cents. Um, having said that, it still remains uh, above its buy line, so that's um, in its favour, even though it's uh, falling knife. Um, this is probably a chicken or egg situation. I'm not sure whether the share price is down because it's being heavily shorted or because it's down because the shorters are paying attention to the lithium price, which is also down dramatically in a similar sort of period. Its high was $600,000 a tonne in November 22, and the lithium price is now down to below $100,000 today, around $97,500. So um, it's, it's down dramatically as well. I suspect the mining companies are following the, the commodity prices they usually do, so that's why the, the price is down. Um, 
But one of the positives for this company is that if the lithium price does look like improving and turning around, then the short sellers will probably all have to do what's called a short cover, sell their stock and give it back. Otherwise, they don't lock in their profits in case the core price takes off. But just that process of um, of getting out, because what they actually have to do is buy the core stock to return it to the people they borrowed it from. Because if you're shorting, you borrow the stock, sell it, and then buy it back at the bottom and give it back to the person you've been um, you rented it from in the in the first place, and that generally creates a bit of a price spike just just that process alone. And and if fifteen percent of the stock has to do that, um, we may see it turn around. I think it's known as a mini skirt, Tony. Short cover. Okay. <laughs> Keep going. Yeah. Uh, so the numbers for this pulled pork. Um, this is a large ADT company of nearly six million dollars, so that's um, that's a positive. Uh, the share price, when I did the analysis, was thirty point five cents per share, less than consensus target, uh, and almost IV two. So IV one is three cents, IV two is twenty nine cents. So um, not quite below IV two, but but fairly similar. Doesn't have a yield because, as you'd expect. With these sort of startup mining companies, all of their cash flow goes back into um, setting up the operations and expanding. Stock Doctor give this company financial health of strong and a trend of recovering, which you know we like to see. So it gets a good score for that. Uh, if we were scoring on PE alone, it would get a bad score because the PE is 51 times, um, and therefore it fails our test uh, for the last uh, three years. But um, that should turn around because it's expected to grow. Uh, the earnings are expected to grow next year. Um, having said that, though, price to operating cash flow is seven, just over seven times, seven point two three. So it's just off the bottom of our buy list. But again, that could turn around with a um, fluctuation in the share price uh, if that happens. Net earnings per share is sixteen cents, uh, so it doesn't score for us on that basis book plus 30 is 21 cent share price is just over 30 so we can't score it based on its assets uh earnings per share forecast growth however is 400 percent, and that's due to the mine ramping up so growth over pe is nearly eight times which is way above our threshold at 1.5 so it scores well for that uh interestingly enough no owner founder directors hold one percent that i could see anyway so i can't score it for that Sometimes you do see that in these small um, mining companies, but not the case here. Uh, equity is consistently increasing, so it gets a, a tick for that. So all in all, the quality score is 9 out of 14 or 64%, and the QAV score is 0 0.09, which is just below our cutoff of 0.1. Having said that, I mean, the 0.1 is arbitrary, so if someone did like this company and wanted to buy it, they could look at it at 0 0.09, I would have thought. But it is a falling knife at the moment, so I... I wait until sentiment turned. I suspect when sentiment turns, it's going to turn strongly because the short sellers will be buying stock to give back to their uh, lenders and they'll kick off quite nicely. So that's a positive for it when it does eventually turn. Negatives and well, risks, I guess. Um, the lithium price is the, probably the biggest risk. It's still depressed and trending down. And I've seen this before with, with um, mines and commodities. Uh, it's a commodity that a couple of years ago was in high demand, largely because of its role in electric vehicles and other electric um, uses, electrification uses. Uh, 
So it meant the players who were already in the field did really well, but it also invited lots of new mines to, or lots of mining companies to explore for lithium. And so there is um, uh, more lithium in the market now. So that'll settle down to an equilibrium that works out in the long term and, and is economical for um, most parties. But at the moment, it's um, it's now in oversupply. Uh, other risks, um, probably the big other biggest risk I can think of is that there has been noises made um, in Australia, but also in the US about uh, exporting um, certain minerals to China. And uh, the two off-take agreements this company is relying on are both in China. Now, the government hasn't come out and said that they have a policy against sending lithium to China. I think they have called out some certain minerals to 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 um, regulate exports overseas, but I don't think the theme's on that list yet, but it may happen if, if they decide to expand their their um, regulations of uh, of uh, precious minerals to or, or um, minerals that aren't freely available to China. So, um, yeah, it's I think it's a watch. I'll be watching the lithium price before I bought into this one, but um, longer term it probably should do okay. So that's core. Uh, and, I mean, again, before I leave core lithium, was only a couple of maybe even a year ago that um, at least at least one friend, couple of friends approached me and said, you know, I've been told I should get into lithium. It's the next best biggest thing, and it was a boom, and it was the the price was up dramatically, and companies were um, mining lithium, and their share price had, had gone up four or five times. Um, and of course, that was right about the time that lithium peaked and started to drop, and it's dropped to. Uh, Five sixths of its to five sixths of its price, so it's dropped a long way down from that high. It's the old classic proverb: when the when the tip hits the retail market, you hear it from people who don't usually buy stocks. It's the time to get out. So I think my that held hold true in this boom, the lithium boom, and it holds true in most booms. Yeah, I think my sister was one of those people. Uh, one of my sisters said to me, "Hey, oh. uh, what do you think about investing in lithium?" I've heard lithium's uh, place to be, probably from somebody at a church. <laughs> I said, "Yeah, yeah, <laughs> be careful with that." Yeah, so it'll probably have its day again, um, but at the moment, it's it's depressed. Mm. So that's cool, lithium. Thank you, VK. All right, well, that was really good. Um, don't own CXO, so I'm not worried about the pulled pork curse on that. And that's the end of the free episode of QAV for this week. If you're a new listener, I just should let you know how this works. So we have a free episode every week. runs for about half an hour. We have a premium episode also every week. It goes for another 30 to 60 minutes, depending on how many questions we get. It's where Tony answers questions from our club members. If you want to check out the premium episodes and all the other benefits of being a QAV club member, which is access to the checklist and and the Bible and uh, the private Facebook groups and the other comms channels that we have, invites to the dinners, Zoom calls, etc., etc. Sign up for the two-week free trial and check out all that stuff out. You can do that at qavpodcast.com.au. Look for the um, free trial button there. And if you like the idea of value investing QAV style but don't feel like you have the time or resources to learn how to do QAV for yourself. Think about signing up for QAV Lite, 
That's our relatively new service where we send you the stock tips every week. And then we also monitor those stocks in a portfolio. And if they become a sell, we email our QAB Lite members and tell them that it's time to sell that stock and what to replace it with. Check that out too. It's sort of a low effort way of doing QAV. Still better if you know how to do it yourself, I think, because Tony could get hit by a bus and then where are you? But while he's not, <laughs> we can do this. So check that out, qavpodcast.com.au slash light, L-I-G-H-T. If you don't want to sign up to any of those, just keep listening to the free episode. And if you have any questions, shoot me an email. You'll find that on our website too. All right, have a great week and good luck with your investing. The QAV Podcast is a production of Spacecraft Publishing Proprietary Limited, authorised representative of AFSL 520442, AFS representative number 00129217182. Please don't make any investment decisions based solely on listening to this podcast. This is presented as general advice only, not personal financial advice. We don't know your personal financial circumstances. Please see a financial planner before making any investing decisions.